0: Welcome to episode nine of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Hill. Hey. With episode notes done by Kata and myself. So, episode nine, uh, the screenplay was done by Harry Duffin. And it was directed once again by Wayne Terrell. And here's the episode synopsis Unexpected guests have been found in the mall, prompting a new method for assigning chores. Now, if only those various tribe members can adhere to their assignments. An admission of love awkwardly puts Bray between two jealous girls, while another rejects Lex's advances once more. Meanwhile, the Locusts have found a new leader. So episode nine, uh, it kicks off after Zoot's death, with um, Bray reflecting on his brother's life over with Celine. Martin was the baby of the family. My parents loved him to pieces. Took him everywhere. They were always laughing, playing together.
1: Three of them were inseparable. And then,
0: when the virus struck, and they died. He changed. And it's in the scene that we learn a bit more about the shy and bullied Martin and the really close connection he had with his parents. Uh, And It's also one of those very rare moments that Bray actually accepts some responsibility for his actions in what happened. Um, But yeah, what are your thoughts, panel, about the revelations we learn here about Martin himself?
1: I mean, watching it last night, I kind of like had to pause it and clap for Ray for a little bit to like actually like acknowledge that he played some role in the awfulness and
0: like getting his brother into the
1: mall and killing him. So I kind of I took a
0: moment. It, it was the, like, one little bit I was like, oh, yeah. finally like Yeah, and, like, <laughs> I had to
1: pause it, and I was like, that was a blink-if-you-miss-it moment.
0: Like, good job, Bray. It took
1: you four seconds to do that, but I feel better, thanks. Well, it, it's, love,
2: it's nice to hear about their past. I mean, Bray painting Martin as this vulnerable guy and Zoot as the complete opposite.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't know, but that always... So it kind of sits weird with me, too, because it's, like, not speaking ill of the dead And I wonder how much of that is An actual Thing and how much of it is Bray trying to paint Martin as a better person
0: Because he's dead oh,
1: yeah. Like I, We don't, we do kind of The only thing we ever see is him in school being crazy Like that's not Vulnerable little Martin That's You
2: don't just see him as batshit crazy though In that episode I mean you also see him being the little boy in love with Trudy and being 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 a bit vulnerable being the kid his you know that can't live up to his big brother and but we have get, to wait
1: how many episodes until we actually see if that's true god yeah but it's so i don't know it made sense to me
2: cuz you have yeah this boy who's been He apparently bullied, according to Bray, and he just snapped. He completely snapped when his entire world changed.
3: Well, the thing is, we don't ever really know if that's the truth or not, or like Hill said, it's just from Bray's point of view. That is the most interesting thing about Zoot. We will never know what he was really like, because we are only ever told about him from Mm -hmm, other people. Even the flashbacks are from the point of view of the person telling the story. So Mm -hmm. we'll never know who Martin actually was. We don't know if he was just a sweet, vulnerable boy who couldn't handle losing his parents. We'll never know if he was an entitled twat who thought Trudy should be with him and threw a tantrum because she didn't want to be. We'll never know if he was really a visionary. Like Ebony like to think of him as all we know is the Zoot we saw and we didn't get a lot of him and it is quite possible that Bray was simply and know, that's why I've, I've
1: grown to like Zoot as a character is we don't ever really know he's very pliable in where you know we, we have this legend of him but we don't, we don't know I'm Camp Twat by the way but that's just me <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that before. Like, Bray, yeah, probably not speaking to all the dead. Um, cause, yeah, we don't really. No. We, we don't know. Being bullied, yeah. Yeah, but.
1: And I have a hard time thinking anyone bu-
0: bullied him just because of, like. Yeah, I don't I, know. I get, I get the shyness bit, but bullied, yeah. That's.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I would want to bully, you know, this dude named Martin.
2: <laughs> yeah, a dude named Martin looked weird.
1: And yeah, like, he had those weird <laughs> eyes, like, I could see them picking on him because he had weird eyes, but, like, I wouldn't go up to him and, like, shove him, because that meant, like, being face-to-face with him.
3: He didn't have the weird eyes until after. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. uh, Once again, Hillary doesn't watch that episode.
3: <laughs> yeah, he just looks, like, yeah,
1: I, I don't know, if you look at him
3: in a school unifor- uniform, he just looks like he's... He just looks like a normal kid Like I said, yeah. we don't know what and I'm sure there yeah. was some truth to everything we hear about him yeah. But it's just not the whole truth We don't know what the whole truth is But I do think that's a very fun aspect of the show Because this is not the only character they ever do it with They play around right. with the truth Based on people's point of view All the time And yeah. uh, it's just it, They never really bring any attention to it It's just always in the background Listening to different characters Talk about something that has happened in the show and mm-hmm. hearing the way they will sum up the situation. And sometimes they, you know, they leave out a ton of details and you're like, whoa, 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 I watched that. You're not saying the whole story. Or they change what happened because that's their yes. point of view. And I do like that the show does that because. And I
1: wonder I- if that's, you know, granted, it's not kids doing that, but that is very much a kid thing.
3: It's not a kid thing, it's a human thing. All people yeah. do it. Yeah, No matter how old you are, people, that's how you see the world, from your point of view. That's how you translate it to others.
0: Yeah.
3: But one thing I'd like to say about that, because, of course, we have Bray
2: speaking, well, of Martin as a good kid, but we also have Trudy claiming he wasn't like that when, before he became Zoot. He was very different But that could also be her just not wanting to be
0: known as the girl who slept with you. I think, yeah, I think all she says is like Was it like, he was very gentle, I think at one point Yeah, yeah. That's all we really learn That's all you get from her. her Yeah
1: But, I mean, she's not gonna say Oh, check this out, this dude I slept with
3: <laughs> Yeah you She know, is shit. very defensive when she's saying it Because Celine is being very accusatory You know, yeah. like, he slept with a, a thug And she's like, he wasn't like that You mm-hmm. know, so Yeah, Yeah. And then of course when you look at Trudy's flashback of Zoot He doesn't come across as the greatest Again I just think he's an entitled brat in her point of view Um, So again I think you're only getting half truth from her (laughs) Mm -hmm. And of course Bray's looking back with rose tinted glasses I mean Zoot could have been killing animals for all we know And Bray wouldn't have known (laughs)
1: I think we've all decided he was, though. I do remember this from last week, was it? Were we talking about Zoot killing animals or Martin killing animals?
0: Oh, yeah. I yeah, <laughs> don't agree. In secret, probably.
3: <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, 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 think I think it's shit. just a funny thought. I, I have no idea <laughs> what he's
0: really
1: like, doing. <laughs> of all the characters, Zoot Martin over here has the secret bunker where he kills small animals in the woods. <laughs> Nah, I, if, you're, if you're gonna focus
3: on what ebony tells you about him then yes i would like he totally was killing some animal she's <laughs> at the bunker are you kidding like, me oh my goodness her she's, flashbacks of him are terrible oh wow, she's yeah. doing uh, it as well he was like a step away from being a
2: serial killer yeah or at least loved to torment her with spiders oh that's
1: funny that scene <laughs>
2: Link. What's going on, Bray?
1: Rats all over the cafe.
0: Uh, yeah, cool. Speaking of um spiders and infestations...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice, great <laughs> segue. I, like
0: <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> I thought so. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so back in episode seven, we did discuss obviously the hygiene situation with Trudy um, and how the guys left her in. But um, <laughs> what <laughs> about? Now we have rats um, infestating the mall in the cafe. Um, I, sh- I, should the group have heeded Amber's warning more seriously? Like, especially obviously after everything with the virus. Um, or do you think they just was never going to take this seriously?
2: I think some of them really should have. Especially someone with Dell's
1: brain and knowledge should have heeded that warning. But Once again it goes back to like Someone making you do chores, and I don't think they necessarily realized that, like leaving dishes in the sink would eventually become this big issue of rats.
3: Yeah, if you if you grew up in a home where these things were always taken care of, yeah, it's an abstract concept to you just how bad things can be. And I mean, I was an adult before I was living on my own and realized just how bad the house can be if you're not clean. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not surprised they didn't take it that seriously. Very few of them have been settled down in one place for very long anyway, so they Mm. haven't really had to think about that the upkeep of the place you're going to stay in, and they're leaving this food out, and of course, Uh. finally, the rats are coming out. and Like, I'm sure, like, in their
1: homes before the virus, like, their parents would never let it get that bad, like... You know, maybe their personal space was a little messy, but I highly doubt there was just you know trash and dishes everywhere for pure long periods of time. Come on, every kid has the common knowledge that
2: leaving food out attracts animals, whether it be annoying, yeah, little pests like
3: ants. But they know that can cause. Yeah, they just don't care, and they don't really think about it. Yeah, my children are very intelligent and clean, and. I can't tell you how much crap they leave around. Why, Tristan, Tristan, why is there so much food on your floor? I don't (laughs) understand. You're 17 years old. (laughs) Every time I have to do the yearly cleaning of my my son's room, I have to break things down. Every year I've had to do this of his life. I am always afraid that I'm going to discover we've got roaches because of him. (laughs) Oh, God. Like he's just, he's a, like, ever, si- ever since he's had his own room, it's always been that way. He knows not to leave food around, but you won't believe the food I will find in that room <laughs> that he's not <forgot laughs> existed. And then I mean, like, it happens. How can you be so smart and so dumb? <laughs> yeah, so I totally know Tristan would be one of these mall rats and would have the rats and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I Yeah, that's me too. I'm not going to lie. Like, I forget. I'm looking at food right now
1: that I'm like, oh, I meant to throw that away the other day. Crap. And then it will probably sit there for another couple of days, because I'll forget again. Eh, Liz,
2: you just sketched the next 12 years
1: of my life. <laughs> it's just, it, I think it's also a priority thing, too. Like, Jack's running around with his radio, and they're trying to survive. Who I don't think they're stopping to think of like, hey, let me clean this dish right now while I can. Meanwhile, I gotta get back to the bat Cave and
3: Build something. I don't know. It's just really about you don't do the things you don't want to do until you have to. I mean, that's just common nature. Like, we as adults, we've learned I have to do this. So, we just get in the habit of doing the things we have to do. We don't want to do the dishes. We just know now that we have to because they're not going anywhere and we've gotten in the habit of it. But that is a learned responsibility. And that's something you have to learn as you get older. You have to do this. For these kids, it's really easy to ignore a lot of things until it gets out of hand. And then they have to learn, okay, this isn't going to go away. Us living here, all these messes, we have to do something about it. But they have
0: to go through this first. (laughs) It was a bit of a cop-out. We didn't get to actually see the cleanup itself. No. And (laughs) I was just thinking, as
1: as Liz was saying that, I was thinking back to Amber's line about like once the Rota is actually put up and common spaces everyone has to clean, but your own room's your own responsibility. Those rooms were actually really nice. Like, nobody was really the hoarder too much, but the inside of the mall was always filthy. (laughs) Which makes me laugh, now that I think about it. She'll survive, but we won't
2: if we don't get our act together. There's no point in surviving the virus only to die of food poisoning, so I've drawn up this. Well, what is it? It's a work, Rotor. I've divided all the chores amongst us, so we all do everything.
0: Yeah, uh, speaking of the Rotor, uh, obviously something that Amber decides to implement, um, which gives us a little glimpse again, or once again, into her kind of leadership skills. Um, but what do you think about the way she tries to tackle this? Cause just, Do you think it was inspired or silly? To kind of force everyone to, here's your jobs, here's what we're going to do, like... Guy, do you think that was smart? Foolish? Like,
1: I think her heart was in the right spot, but the way about it, not so much.
2: I think she should have at least discussed some of the things. Yeah, put on that Rhoda, because I know she has legs up for cooking at some point. Yeah, like that's that's the thing too.
1: Is like if she would have brought it up, like I'm sure Celine would have been more than happy to cook. But, like, I don't want Zandra cooking, or Lex cooking, or Ryan cooking. or Pretty much any of them cooking, except maybe Celine, maybe Trudy. I don't know. Jack. Jack, maybe. I don't know.
3: Jack eats straight from the cans. He's not cooking any of my food.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, there, it's just one of the first people cooking. I'm looking at the schedule right now. It's, like, Del cooking lunch, Lex cooking dinner.
1: And I'm thinking, oh, God you people you're gonna starve but like that's the thing like i'm sure there might be someone in that mall who really likes mopping like i personally i love mopping i don't know why um i don't want to take out trash but i will mop happily so i think if Amber would have been like hey what do you like to do they could have come to a really great place in the rota but putting it up and not thinking about that was kind of stupid Uh I
2: actually just saw something interesting on the Rota. What? The
1: same moment they have
2: Lex up for cooking dinner, they have Zandra up for cooking dinner as well. (laughs) Even though most other days it's Celine doing the cooking,
1: on the Tuesday it's Del cooking lunch and Lex and Zandra doing dinner. I thought I saw him on cooking. Like, quickly while I was watching it last night. and I was like, that can't be right. I'm on YouTube, the quality is terrible, but...
3: Yeah, I, I have the HD copies here, so... It or not, I actually find um, Amber's uh, Rhoda a sign of just how methodical she ha- is in her leadership. It's one of her better qualities. Amber literally tries everything. She goes through a step-by-step process of figuring out how to get these kids in the mall to work together. So she starts off passive, Gently just encouraging everyone to work together and slowly sees that doesn't work. Okay. So then she gets hard on everybody. And says, okay, fine. They clearly need to have jobs assigned to them. Because leaving them to their own, they won't do anything. So she, boom, she gives everybody a job. Then she watches how that plays out. And what I love is, even when she says, okay, fine. I give up. Live like pigs. She's not giving up. She's literally just going back to the drawing board to regroup and figure out how, okay, those that didn't work. That didn't work. What do I have to try next? And I love that about yeah. her. <laughs> because I, I it's get- like that. You know, you haven't tried everything until you get it to work. You know what I mean? And even though she's frustrated, she hasn't given up. She's just like, okay, this, she's just checking this thing off of her, her list of ways to get this group to work together.
1: I get that, but I feel like if you're balancing, like anyone would figure out that if you're balancing a lot of people with different personalities, I think you almost need to approach the group and say, hey, kind of have to do this together. It's not going to be fun, but what's
3: the least, like, what's the least awful thing you could do to help the group? But, yes, but you, even you've pointed out these are kids. That's not something you would just know off the top of your head how to handle the situation. You have to try and fail. even as Okay, okay, as a parent. i'm I'm a mother and i have when it takes when i have to approach a new way to deal with my children when a new problem Mm -hmm. new issue pops up i don't automatically know exactly how to approach this problem it's a trial and error you know what i mean it's like okay this is new i don't know how to do this even as a kid like i don't think amber
1: on the flip side would realize hey if someone assigned me a job i don't know if i would necessarily like it either
3: Yeah, but Amber's attitude is if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. And that's Mm -hmm. the way she sees the world. And she has trouble with understanding people who do not see it that way. The way Amber sees it is something needs to be Mm -hmm. done and it's the right thing to do, then everybody should just do it. And she gets very frustrated with people who don't think that way. So it makes perfect sense to me that she didn't think... Hey, how about I ask people what jobs they want to do? Because they've already proven to her they won't do anything of their own volition. So, yeah, it it makes sense that she would just say, fine, I will assign you a job. I'll make it really easy for you simpletons. And if everybody (laughs) does it, it'll get done. And then as soon as she realized that it didn't work, she's like, okay, what's my next way to tackle this?
1: That's why I said her heart was
3: in the right place,
1: just her going about it wasn't but bad she's, from
2: looking at it, she did put thought into who she gave what chore, or at least at what <laughs> moment in time, cause she pairs people off, she pairs Del and Jack together like and Zandra. I mean, yeah, like, once again her heart was in the right spot
1: but, I don't think it was thought fully through
2: no, but, but it kind of was cause she obviously didn't try to put Del and Jack, or, uh, she didn't try to put Del and Lex together, because, well, she wouldn't really trust them
1: together. Isn't she the one who, who tries to get, or who offers them up for the...
2: No, for it was
0: Lex. Oh. Lex
1: is the one
2: who says, oh, Bray isn't here, well, I'll go with you, Del. And then, just slacks off on the job.
0: Oh, okay. yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, because... <laughs> <laughs> We, we yeah we it's
3: just lack the just, play. just, MO. <laughs> it's just slap and, off the job and, any job. It's, it's yeah.
0: kids being so, kids.
3: But it, oh, okay, so. see that's oh, you you get on Amber for not no. approaching this perfectly, but then immediately go it's kids being kids. But, no no, but I yeah. never
1: said about Amber not doing it perfectly. I said her heart was in the right place, but there was other ways of doing it. I understand that she's a kid, but even as a kid, if someone tells me to do that was the quickest way as a kid to get me out of anything was to say hey Hillary this is what you're doing and this is why I'm telling you to do it and I wouldn't do it so I see that like if if anyone were to come to me as a child and say this is what you're doing I wouldn't have so Amber's trying to do that to kids
3: yeah so but I'm, kids I'm her own say, age, when I was a kid if someone had given me a list and said this is what you have to do I would have done it I'm like okay, I, I, okay. I would look at the list. I'd be like, oh, we all have a job to do. Okay, I'll do it. So that's why I don't think Amber went about it the wrong way. No, and yeah, the the way she did it makes sense. It made perfect sense. It just didn't work for this group, and now she's got to find a new way.
0: That brings up um the next point I was going to make as well. Um, do you think that everyone should have a role, a specific role in this new world, or do you think? Some people should be allowed to coast through. Um, what your kind of feelings about like people's roles within this world?
1: I think if you're going to be with the group, you need to put, you know, your own. Like you need to make yourself in the group. Like you
3: should have to do something. Everyone needs to contribute. Yeah, I agree. Everyone needs to contribute to the best of their ability. Not everybody has the same skill set. Not everybody's good at certain things. But you need to be putting some effort forth toward the group. Otherwise, like, why are you there? Get out of here. Yeah. And frankly, Bob puts more effort toward the group than Lex does sometimes. It makes me so <laughs> mad. And well, in the
2: earliest episodes, Bob at least puts in more effort than Trudy does.
3: Though I, in Trudy's case, she was recovering from squeezing yeah. her watermelon out. So yeah, she, she should be given two weeks to just be able to sit on her butt. <laughs> just give her an ice pack. <laughs> oh, yeah yeah I, um, I think it wouldn't have been so bad if Trudy had like had a better attitude do the whole mm-hmm. thing but she makes herself such a miserable pain that I, all you can do is focus on the fact that she is not contributing anything to the group I mean
2: it's gotten to the point where Celine has tasks on the road and has to look after Brady
0: oh good Lord I, I did <laughs> like how the rota was blank for Trudy <laughs> mm-hmm
2: yeah it was whereas even she could have folded some towels yeah i think <laughs> you should have
1: done she something have done like
3: something. she could have done something at the very least she could have been just taking care of her child that's it yeah, that's yeah. all she needs to do that's all she's got to do. just take care of your baby you know what i mean that's all um i do find her personality slap to be hilarious <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean think about it Trudy goes from being this beautiful tragic victim in the story you know, she shows up, she's pregnant, and she's very sweet and vulnerable, and oh my goodness, please don't throw me out on the street. And, and then she's having a baby, and all her sympathies are with this poor girl. It's just one, one tragedy of another for her. And then <laughs> his Martin is dead. Oh my gosh. It just snaps like she has a completely different personality and it cracks me up every time. No subtlety. The the sweet ingenue is gone. She's out the window and there's just this whole new person there. And you're like, is this Bray's been taken care of for the last seven
2: months? And suddenly you get it why Bray tried to ditch her for a night. (laughs) (laughs) You suddenly get why he thought it was a good idea to have Zoot come in and try and take her away. Oh,
0: that was too funny. Let's talk about the Trudy and Celine situation now, because um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that happens in a, a short amount of time. Um, obviously, we learn in this episode that Trudy never really was in love with Zoot, so she says, and it was Bray that she always wanted. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that first. Like, what are your thoughts about Trudy's lack of any real affection for martin
3: i i I didn't really care i mean it happens all the time i kind of almost felt bad for her because like you know i i I had a couple of those episodes in high school there was somebody i wasn't that into and stuff went somewhere and I didn't get a baby out of it, thank God. I can't imagine. You know, if I, I look back at that guy in ninth grade and be like, oh my gosh, what if I'd gotten pregnant? That would have been the worst thing ever. And then the world ended. Oh, man. Sometimes I feel really bad for her because I'm just like, that had to suck. And then you just kind of have to, like, sell it, you know? Mm-hmm. Act like he was special, especially since it's his brother taking care of you. <laughs> you gotta be like, oh, no, no, he was... I really do care about your brother, you know, and um, yeah, he was special and <laughs> he was great. I just care about you more, <laughs> yeah. Cause think about it, like she was really playing up that whole thing, and then as soon as he's gone, she couldn't wait twelve hours to tell Bray. Don't you understand? It's always been you, and
0: oh my. Yeah. <laughs> talk about that, because I know she's dealing with a lot at the moment, but just how cold hearted was it? Like he's. He's only been dead, what, 12 hours? And (laughs) his brother, yes. He hasn't even
3: sank yet. He's still floating, Trudy. He's still on fire, Trudy. (laughs) I I think she was just very, very
2: scared that during such a difficult time for Bray, Selene would just come in and scoop him up.
3: (laughs) It makes you wonder how long Trudy has been just dying for Zoot to really be out of the picture and to finally be able to tell Bray this. Because she wastes no time. She is so happy to finally just be like, oh, well, I don't have to think about Zoot anymore. He's gone, he is a yoke off my back. Bray can't ditch me on him. He is no longer an option in this picture. And boom, I'm not wasting any time telling Bray immediately that I want to be with him. Like, wow, (laughs) the morning makeup came off. She's fine. i i i I laugh i love trudy but i laugh i'm like (laughs) sweetheart good lord learn some subtlety
0: i mean i've got no like love for brainy's early episodes but like give him a break he's just lost his (laughs) (laughs) like come on (gasps) oh brainy's face his face (laughs) oh Oh my god as soon as she says was it the there's Martina line. I was like oh god Oh Martina How sensitive can you be
3: Oh my word Trudy. But you know what this reminds me of This is what Like this always reminds me Like uh, I always thought of, Br- of Martin As a self-entitled little brat Who just figured things were owed to him Because he was spoiled Because his parents mm-hmm. catered to him Trudy is exactly the same way. <laughs> yes, she is. You know what I mean. She was clearly a very spoiled young woman. Woman, and this is verified in her own flashback that she was just she had very little to worry about in life. Her parents took care of everything, and she just expected to have and get what she wanted. And she does the exact same thing to Bray that Martin did to her. Throws a tantrum because this person does not return their feelings. That's what Trudy always did, though. Only in the beginning. And that's what I'm saying. I'm mm. saying, like, yeah, she did it because of this spoiled brat she was. I mean, she eventually grows out of it. She has to learn the hard way, but good Lord, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> it's painful to watch. It's so, she's just so earnest in, like, throwing herself at him and her attitude. Um, and she can't see it. She can't see how horrible that comes across and how unattractive that is. And, You immediately see Bray's radar go off and it's screaming, Run! (laughs) (laughs) Get out of there, man! Red flag! Red flag! (laughs) And he's trying to be so nice about it, but oh my gosh! Trudy, sweetie!
0: I love you. I love Trudy. I'm a huge Trudy fan. She's my girl, but. Damn! She is the master of looks because I just love that look she gives Celine when she sees her in Bray's arms. It's just what's like- going on, Bray. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's
0: fantastic.
3: Oh my gosh! Yes, if, if pillars could burn, oh my goodness! <laughs> it's that, that's what I'm saying. Like the attitude change, it's so immediate from one episode to the next. We just saw her wearing black and you know playing the tragedy queen, <laughs> and can calls her later. She's doing it so well, and then all of a sudden, you see her in this episode, and she's a completely different (laughs) person. You're like, "Wow, I
0: don't even know if I can trust you." I mean, yeah. And what 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 do people think about that kind of spark growing between Bray and Celine?
3: I don't think it was anything substantial, to be honest. I kind of feel like um, Celine was she's a sweet girl who wasn't a pain in the ass. And she's like validating his feelings, and she's being supportive and... And she yeah, was the... head over heels in love with him. Yeah, you know, I don't think he was cra- that crazy about her, but she was... ...easy she was there until she, until she wasn't easy, you know what I mean? Because as soon so as she, she was there, funny, he like runs from her too and... Bray doesn't do too clingy, except when it comes to Danny. Well, the difference is Danny was... She may have been clingy, but she was also, like, productive and, like, took care of problems on her own and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Ray likes that. He likes a woman with a direction. Aww. (laughs) Though, to be fair, at some point in her life, Trudy is a woman with a direction. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) She definitely grows into (laughs) that, which is why I ship them so hard in a future, like, (laughs) season six somewhere where they find Mm -hmm. each other. But anyway... (laughs) I know their time will come. (laughs) Yes, it will. It will. You know, and anyone else notice how quickly Celine told everybody that Zoot was Bray's brother without asking him? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's. uh, Celine, he told you that in confidence. (laughs) She doesn't know that he told Amber and them. You know what I mean? Like, she has no idea. And she's just like, Zoot was his brother. Like, how do you know that wasn't a secret? What are you doing?
1: It was so stupid of her. If I think she, she was, was trying to her... step up and be,
3: like, someone, but not the time. I mean, granted, I'm sure she thought it was it would help mm-hmm. the situation, but the way she says it, you're just like, yeah. the last time these people... Do- I, this, what, I, ah, she's lucky. She's lucky it went once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she said that. I guess it was her
2: crazy way of thinking she was protecting Bray by... Throwing that information out there, and making
1: people feel sorry for him. It- That's like the enemy. So it's like, we're trying to get you to win- Like, win this guy over by saying that he's related to the enemy? I just- No, I think she was trying,
3: but- Nah. She I, I shouldn't I, have done that. I do get her reasoning. She figured if they understood that Zoot was his brother, then they would understand why he was spending time with this guy and why he wanted to protect him. Because they're related, not because exactly. he was a traitor. But at the same time, it's like, Celine. It's still why do you think that would go over well with these people who don't care? <laughs> like, yeah, They've already I, proven I really
0: they do. don't care.
2: I really think she was just going for the sympathy vote of people like Sandra, with, oh my God, this guy just lost his brother.
3: But I mean, her instincts paid off because, yeah, yeah. immediately, you know, Ryan was like, oh, okay. And Sandra's like, well, everything makes sense now. Yeah. And, you know, Lex was the only one who was like, who cares? Kick <laughs> <Get laughs> him out, they need to go. <laughs> but Lex would always be like that. Everyone else is just like, look, he's dead. We don't want to argue about this anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought that was funny. Just like out of the, <laughs> the blue the way she did that. Man, Celine was thirsty that night. Wasn't she, you guys? <laughs> yes, she was. I mean, it's cute and it's really sweet. And I know that she's just being, you know, Celine. You know, but it yeah. is, is kind of like, damn, these girls didn't waste any time. They start laying it on thick. <laughs> Poor Bray, he's still mourning for Pete's sake. Give him a week, you guys. Just give him a week. Before you start throwing these hard choices. Keep your panties to yourself for a week. Try. Oh, and one more thing. Anybody else think it's really creepy how Trudy switches between being super sweet with Bray and then like gets like fatal attraction, psychotic? I've always
1: thought that she was slightly <laughs> bipolar.
3: Like it, it's so nuts! Like one minute right. she's like, she, she, you know, Celine's like, "Oh, can I help or whatever?" And right. she's just like, "No." And 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 then Bray walks, and she's like, "Bray, where have you been?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that is so creepy." Oh, how she's you do that.
1: She's just bipolar. Like that's that's a thing. But yeah. I mean, that that's is... not how
3: being bipolar actually works. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a Gollum Sniegle <laughs> thing. <laughs> Or <laughs> you're like in the middle of a conversation Just switching from one to the other
1: I, I have to admit I know people that act that way
3: Ooh, It's so funny It's like watching a mom on the phone mm-hmm.
1: I mean it could even be split Personalities like she could be switching No <laughs>
3: Yeah <laughs> No she's yeah, not very, a bad
0: answer Very creepy yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm not throwing around that kind of a Psycho <laughs> babble like lightly Okay <laughs> It's like she
2: has on his mask and then she drops it Which is Oh no, I'm not getting it I'm just really biting my tongue here on some It's really catty
3: though It's very mean girlish (laughs) It says a lot about the teenage girl Because I mean, I remember being that way I was definitely capable of being that way Um, Oh, absolutely I think it's just that She's such a great actress at portraying it and it's, mm-hmm. it's flawless how she does it. You know, It's like watching Andy Serkis. You're like, that is nuts. It's so creepy how she switches from one to the other. So perfect. And the thing is, up until this point, you didn't know she had that. You didn't know that that was part of Trudy. You know, and I just, that's what, I think that's what makes it creepy. Because it comes out of nowhere. I thought she was just this sweet, vulnerable damsel in distress. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh,
2: God, now you're making me remember a quote from a very different episode. It's the, the Bray, Bray and Danny and Trudy thing.
3: Oh, he can't resist a damsel in distress. Unless it's
2: Unless you. It's
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet bird.
2: Oh, I love that line. Where's Bray? He's down there with Dell, food foraging. We need to get some fresh fruit and vegetables. We can't live on this process muck forever. But where is he? He isn't here, is he? Typical.
0: It's all right, Dal. I'll come with you. So, um, going back to the rotor, um, obviously Lex puts himself forward to scavenge with Dal. Um, but obviously, instead of foraging for food, they start playing baseball and jumping across trains, uh, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's Lex. We all know what's going to happen, but what are your thoughts about him?
1: L- Lex. So Lex is the kid that you can't tell him what to do so that was his yes it shoots himself in the foot like you're supposed to be looking for food bad decision but you told me to do this i'm not gonna do it i think your rota is stupid and now i'm gonna go play baseball because you told me to get out of the mall
2: no actually he wasn't told to get out of no.
1: I mean, I school <laughs> he, he, he volunteered because bray it wasn't was, there it was his way to get out like Hey, I'm on this thing, but I'm gonna go out this way and do that, and then I'm gonna weasel my way around to show you why this was a stupid idea.
2: <laughs>
3: but trust um, me, food. I've he done would. it. But he wouldn't have gotten food even if she hadn't asked him. He just wouldn't have done anything, no matter what. There's no way she yeah, could have approached because
1: she him. was telling him what to do.
3: But even if she hadn't, he still wouldn't have gotten food. No matter what Amber would have done, he wouldn't have gotten food.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't have done his, his chore.
3: Lex has never once brought <laughs> sustenance back to the mall. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no, no. He did.
1: He did. When? when he has. The farm. When he With was Alice. the sheriff. and the Some yeah, alcohol.
0: The farm. That doesn't count. He had like
2: apples
3: and stuff too.
0: We've, we've talked about this. No, it doesn't count. You're talking about <laughs> no, when I he waited
3: for food for his wedding, which was someone else's idea, not even his. <laughs>
0: that, yeah, that doesn't count.
3: But also in four, <laughs> no, he I did count. too. Uh, I, he I came do, back with
1: food in series four. I,
2: I, I do think that one of the reasons for Lex to instantly um, go with Dell was that even if he didn't do anything, people could still. Blame it on Bray, because he was supposed to do it originally. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And, well, anything to give blame to Bray. Yeah. I actually really like that moment of uh, Lex and Dal just hanging out, because it does remind you of what these kids have lost out on. Something as simple as just stopping to play catch, and, like, Dal's reaction, he's he's not worried about the food, Dal's just scared of stopping and playing catch, like... We don't have time for that. It's dangerous. And and I li- I actually really like where Lex is like, dude, let's just have a catch, man. You know, live a little. Let's have fun. It's one of the few moments where Lex is slacking off that actually doesn't bug me because mm-hmm. there's something so honest and genuine about taking a moment. You know, these kids, their whole lives are, have become all about survival. And when was the last time Dal did anything fun? You know? And of all the people who's, like, trying to encourage him to do it, it's Lex. And he does have fun. It's 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 this brief moment. I wish I could have seen more of the two of them kind of bonding in this weird way. Because yeah. I get the sense that Lex actually respects Dal more than, like, you know, Jack. Like, he never bullies Dal. He never, you know, threatens Dal or anything like that. And I... I thought there was something there and I would have loved to see more of it. I really enjoyed watching the two of them out in the mall together. They were a rare pair,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, we only really see it again. Um, when they go to Hope Island, get a little yeah. interaction, but yeah.
2: That's... And, and later on mm-hmm. before they find Amber again.
0: Oh yeah. When they're out together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously that scene leads to obviously the demon dogs finding them. Um, I mean, okay, we won't go into how silly it was to play at the actual railway yards, but um, what, what are your thoughts about, like, Lex's insight to not lead the tribe back to the mall? Like, we've said this before, but he is quite aware. Like, he knows like, how to look after himself.
3: I think it's just a example of how good and productive Lex can be, you know? Like, there are things Lex is very good at, and he mm-hmm. can be amazing when you can get to the heart of his character. And his first instinct is to make sure they can't come back to the mall. Whether or not it's selfishly motivated doesn't matter. It's the point that it's the first thing he thinks of. And he gets Dal out of trouble. He doesn't yeah. expect Dal to go in on this. He could have easily used Dal as a distraction. He could have thrown that kid under the bus. And all he would have to say to Amber is, I lost him. I'm sorry. <laughs> and there's nothing she could have done about it. You know? But no. His instinct is, you go back to the mall. I'll lead them away. And it's those rare moments where you get to see a little gem of Lex at his best. And see
1: we've talked about that. I don't I think Lex's character is, he's not he's the like
3: You guys ever see Firefly? He's the Jane.
1: Yeah, he is the Jane. <laughs> he he's is the the murderer, murderer. <laughs> so the Jane.
3: I do love that plot point. I do love <laughs> the plot point of people trying to get out of their chores in the way they do it. It it makes me laugh. I really I love Zandra, like, she's hiding out in the room, and she's like, if anyone goes out there, Amber the Hun will grab them and put them to work. <laughs> and Amber's like, uh, like where's Ryan? Here's his broom. No, Ryan. I just, I, I love the whole thing. Everybody's neglecting their chores. And the kids are covering for him because they know they're, everybody's doing something they're not supposed to do. I just love it. Poor Amber's running around, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I just... Love that Ryan is
2: the first person to come up with it.
3: Ryan's. Just the know, first Ryan, Ryan, this is supposed to be a good boy. Because <laughs> yeah, it, no, he's
1: upset that they get to walk the dog. Like I would weasel out if like the kids were walking the dog too. That's easy.
3: Yeah. It's cute because it proves that none of them are above being manipulative little brats. Even the totally. nice ones in the group.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it makes Ryan a bit more than just. You know,
3: an idiot. Don't call my wife. He's an not an idiot, 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 though. He's not <laughs> an, an idiot. He's not. He is just a special, special boy. He is all that is precious in the world, and you just need to be protected. <laughs> yeah, but. He's, he's just mean, a simple guy. He's not, he's not an idiot. I, I can't handle yeah. that. I'm not saying he's the sharpest tack in, tacks in the box, okay? But neither is Bray. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is just a simple dude, man. He's just a simple dude. It was very sly how he quickly realized okay, let's play a game of poker. Uh, I'll let them win, and then that's it. I- I- then I'll show them. <laughs> right.
3: Good hustling. That was that nice. Was, yeah. It was really nice. It really showed skill on Ryan's behalf. I mean, granted, it is funny that the only people Ryan can outsmart are the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. But it's still super adorable. It is, and that's again, that's one of my favorite Things about season one, is that even A character like Ryan, who is genuinely Just a really nice guy, he doesn't Have beef with anybody, he doesn't cause any Troubles, you know, he's not He does not start drama in any way But he's still a human being And he's still just as capable as anybody Else of screwing off on the Job and, you know, trying to get away With murder when he shouldn't be doing it, you know Because he's just a person, and I like that about All the characters
2: Bray what if the Locos ever find out what happened to him?
0: I wouldn't give much for our chances. Trudy... They've chosen Ebony as the new leader. What? I just pray she never finds out about the baby. Okay, um, let's talk about the final thoughts of episode. So we get a glimpse into the Locos uh, and we're kind of presented with Priestess Ebony. Um, Where she's kind of risen into power And she's taken on this new role within the tribe Um, Looking back When you originally watched that scene um, Were you worried at all about The consequences of this? Like about the baby and what might happen with the new tribe? Um, Yeah, what were your thoughts about Ebony seizing power within the Locos? She looked
2: scary As hell Yeah. (laughs) And well, practically Speaking, she looked as If this was all That she ever wanted (laughs) <laughs> she, did. <laughs> she, doesn't, she didn't care that, that she
3: was missing she got the power
0: mm-hmm.
3: I, did, I actually was concerned by this point because so far I realized that this show was not going to have the same kind of formula that other shows were, had especially those aimed at a young audience where there would be a very simple plot and there would be a resolution And that would be the end of it. You know, you really do feel after Zoot's death that you may have gotten over the biggest hurdle. And then this episode starts and immediately you're just waterboarded with new problems. And that's when I realized that that's how the show was going to go. So I realized that the Locos haven't gone away. None of the problems have actually gone away. They just have a whole bunch of new ones. And if she's running the show, I I actually did feel a bit of concern because it hit me oh okay this show is different okay there is no real lie down gentle time we're never really resolving anything the problems are just gonna keep coming at these kids yeah there yeah. will be consequences to their actions so yeah, i was i was a little concerned for them i was like Uh-oh. oh no and 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 that last response that last look on trudy's
2: face it just says it all. She's terrified at the thought of Ebony finding out about the baby.
0: Yeah, that conversation really sold it. Like, they were, they were scared. They, they were really scared what might happen now that Ebony was in charge. And even though we we only
2: learn later that there's a history there as well, it's just, yeah, I mean, clearly they both were quite familiar with Ebony, and this was not a good thing.
0: I mean, I was just thinking a lot, of like, well, what ifs? Like... There's a lot of ways the show could have gone at this point Like she could have stolen the baby And used it as a Could have had a chosen storyline like really early on Or like there's a lot of ways the, It could have ended up
2: She um, wanted one Just not the messy way yeah.
0: <laughs> I suppose that was always That could have always been her fallback innit If she couldn't have seized power off in the locos, She could have gotten the baby and used that As a catalyst but yeah
3: I don't think she would have done it though I think, it's a one, I think it's one of those lines with Bray that she wouldn't have crossed. Because there's a lot of things she'll do to Bray, but um, yeah. she always, the line she crosses with him, she's always certain that she can kind of win him back over for crossing that line. And I think stealing his niece would be a line she wouldn't be able to come back from, and she's fully aware of that. I don't think she would have gone there.
0: I don't know. She, I mean, she's always wanted that power within the locals. I, I mean, if, uh, but she doesn't I, need the baby to get it, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, like, I'm just saying, if she couldn't have gotten, like, power, like, if, if Spike or one of the others had gotten, gotten there first, like, would she have used the baby as a leverage? I don't know. Mm,
3: I don't know. I do think it's fascinating if you look at the way she takes control of her locos compared to how, the, how Jaffa had done it, you know? Um, like, the way she uses Zoot is she takes Zoot out of the spotlight very quickly. She says she dreamt of him and you know he passed the power on to her she is an equal she is his successor uh successor sorry um but you know Jaffa didn't do it that way uh Jaffa kept Zoot in the spotlight and Jaffa's simply his vessel his voice still Mm -hmm. on this plane you know I, I do think that's interesting the way different people have used Zoot uh, Ebony's like I'm not being observant to anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she got Zoot out of the picture very quickly as yeah. soon as she could, as yeah. soon as she could. So I don't think she would have ever used his child because then she would have had to promote Zoot. And, no, no, no. He needs to go. He, I'm, I, he, he gave it to me. I'm next in charge. <laughs> yeah, good
2: point. Yeah. I, I don't but, think she, I, yeah. see, I don't think she ever really felt bad that Zoot was dead
0: oh no yeah no
3: <laughs> no nah, probably not you know i think she was more concerned that he was still alive and she didn't know where he was yeah like, what is he doing because one of the first things she says to Bray is, how do i know you aren't too the two of you aren't planning something like that's what she was concerned about the threat zoot posed yeah which i do think is interesting um about that relationship that they had as long as he was alive, she needed to be special to him. But as he's gone.
0: it's one of those things she's got to worry about. As mm-hmm. far as everything was concerned, it was like another mind game. She was thinking, what, what, are, they too, what are they planning? What are they, what are they doing? Right.
3: I mean, she spends, like, she, we do see it later, but she only has, like, a brief few seconds of feeling any kind of remorse when she finds out he's dead.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: she, and then she's like, okay, all right, uh, that's done. <laughs> What's next? Uh, so that leads us to our favourite quotes of the week, um, and yeah, obviously this one was an easy one from for me because it was Lex's line with Dow.
2: Look at this place! It's a disgrace.
0: I'll have to
3: write to the council about <laughs> <laughs> it.
0: Such a cheeky line.
3: <laughs> I just I, I yeah. love that. That's right. You gotta love his sarcasm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh know, So I've been doing a lot of thinking about that line, actually. Because that's one of my favorites, too. And, like, during this rewatch, I've noticed that each character has, like, a link back to the old world. And I think that starts to be Lex's thing. And I've never noticed it before, but, like, he's he's made allusions now to the city council and to cops about, like, you know, oh, our world's awful, let's let's call back, like, you know, the next logical step is the mayor, like, Or whatever. I think that's really interesting.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what you mean.
1: Like, yeah. It's like, you know, Jack and his radio and all of that. Like, I think that's kind of Lex's coping mechanism is to make jokes about having to call someone in charge. Laugh to keep from crying. Uh Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's mostly, like, the authority that he would have trouble with. Like, it's never, like, a joke at the expense of... Like a small thing. It's always like an authority figure that we already know Lex has issues with.
0: Yeah, no, I was just trying to think, but yeah, I think you're onto something, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh,
0: my favorite quote
3: is from Bray.
0: You killed her baby's father. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> I just, I love the delivery of that,
3: you know, um, he, the way he shuts Lex down. I love the way Trudy goes to stand next to him while oh, possessing exactly him. that. <laughs> I, I just I love that whole scene, and it, I like it because it's the one thing we do get resolved. They aren't <laughs> going anywhere. We're not going to be discussing kicking them out of the mall anymore. This conversation is over. You know, there is one thing that Zoot's death resolved. Uh, so I always like that line.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love that. Trudy just quietly just steps beside Bray and just looks, turns and looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
3: Trudy's stink eye. She's got game there. <laughs>
1: And she's
2: yeah. also rubbing it into Celine's face at that, mo- at that same moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. And I also like the side of oh. that, like, Lex has nothing else to say. So he's just like, well, shut that brat up. Like, <laughs> you can't say anything. Like, he has lost that fight. And that yeah. is, like, his final, like, blow. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has to get a word in edgewise. And that's what he has to say.
2: I think for me, my favorite quote of this episode is, Actually, an amber. There's no point in surviving the virus
1: only to die of food poisoning, so I've drawn up this. Yeah, well, if you put Lex and Zandra on the food rota, that's what's gonna happen.
3: <laughs> yeah, just saying. So, is- I don't know. Lex, pro- both of them prove they can cook later on. They didn't. Did they cook that though? No, I, d- I was under I d- the they-
1: impression they didn't. No, they
3: do prove that they can cook. That's what I'm saying. It's like they can cook without killing anybody. I mean, Zandra cooks a chicken. Like, oh, I don't- in a pot. <laughs> on a camp stove Like that girl's got some mad skills And even Lex cooks for their honeymoon Like I'm amazed And she didn't die so he did a good job
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> In fact I think Lex is better at cooking Than Dal who couldn't make crackers Without burning them crackers? Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that always surprised me about Farmer Dal Yeah <laughs> So uh, that brings episode nine of Conversation on Eagle Mountain to a close. Uh, Thank you to the panel and we'll see you in episode 10. Uh, So until next time, bye.
1: Bye. See you guys. Bye.